Welcome to the Sober Community Channel, where our goal is to open minds and soften hearts concerning one of the greatest healthcare crises facing our country, which is addiction to drugs and alcohol. And I'm here with Bree. Bree, what's up? How are you? Oh, you know, it's a good day. It's a good day. What is our topic of the day? Our topic of the day is self-care and recovery. Self-care and recovery? Self-care and recovery? Are they the same? What? What? One and the same. They can be. They can be. So, actually, we just wrote about this. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a multiple-part blog. Definitely look out for that. But it looks like that comes in stages. Yes, it's not an overnight instantaneous I love myself because I'm sober now isn't that amazing how all of a sudden like I'm sober 15 days and I'm on the I love myself kick which I'm not anti but it seems like a bit of a stretch yeah right so so where do you want to go where do you want to start with this because I here's the thing let's let's avoid most of the just general conversation about like Everything that we already know is recovery oriented. So as yeah. far as like self-care with, you know, the steps, the sponsor, the meetings, all that stuff, that's a given, right? So yeah. outside of the box, what are some things and practices of self-care that I can do to complement that lifestyle that make everything else easier, more harmonious, things like that? All right. Well, got some stuff to talk about with like how you put it in the blog with how it kind of starts with the mindset. You have to have the proper mindset. Treat yourself. Not the treat yourself. I don't even know what that means. What is that? <laughs> There's uh, on the, the like you see all the memes and stuff on Facebook where it's like, oh, or like people post and they're like, oh, I shouldn't have ate that entire gallon of ice cream, but treat yourself. Like, that's beyond a treat. <laughs> Are we adding treat yourself to the colloquialisms like YOLO? Yes. Because nothing ever intelligent was ever said preceding YOLO, right? Like nobody's ever said, I'm going to medical school. YOLO. <laughs> Never heard that. No. So we can add that to the list. There's another one of those, which would be, what is that one that they, uh, uh, there's YOLO. Oh, oh, what had happened was. I put my checkings and my savings and my savings and my checking. Right. So here's the thing. I've never heard a good story that started with. Well, what had happened was. You know you're coming up with some crap that. Yeah, exactly. So treat yourself. So you're basically saying, don't treat yourself? No, you can, but there's like. So much like you see with like social media and everything like that where like self-care is complemented with this whole mindset of treat yourself. Right. But so, you also, self-care is also like being a responsible adult, getting to work on time, like taking the little things out of life that can cause chaos and havoc and like make your bed in the morning. Right. That's so funny. I came home today and I left earlier than my girlfriend. I came back. I thought somebody broke into my house and made my bed, but she did that. Yeah, it was impressive. I, it, making your bed, it's, it's weird. There's a guy who was, he's passed on but many years ago. His name was uh, Make Your Bed Bob. In every meeting, whatever he shared, which was consistently, he was an old timer, and he would, he would say, Make your bed. And I never really got that, but that, that kind of leads into where we talked about in the blog, which is your environment and the importance of your environment. Like, your, where you live and where you stay is a reflection of the consciousness you currently have. 
And although making your bed seems like this tiny little simplistic thing, when you come back into that room, if it's neat and organized and tidy, it, it, it affects you. It affects the vibes of the house. It affects it affects you on ways that are probably unconscious. Yeah, because if you, like, you don't think about it, but <clears throat> you don't leave the house planning to have a crappy day. Right. But if you implement these little things like making your bed, just pick up the few things, you know, whatever it is. Do your laundry when your laundry basket's full. Don't let it pile up. You come home after a bad day, you don't come home and see a mess. Right. Like they say all the time, you know, messy bed, messy head. Right. Yeah, I'm a firm believer that if, if that whole concept that you take from other texts where they're like, your body is your temple, where's your temple's temple? Mm-hmm. Like, what is your environment that you're living in? I personally, when I started to get some different teachings outside of the book in the last year, one of the first things, a couple different kinds of people, some from, you know, my therapist and also had a, a spiritual intuitive who helped me with some she's empathic she's amazing and they all kind of hit on that one point like clean your environment up and the energy in the space that you're in and then they directed me towards things like scents so i use things like incense or sage if certain people come to my house right so you can sage people right so different cleansing properties right <laughs> and then uh there's those what it's an air diffuser that you can pick oh the, the aromatherapy things yeah you can use that it sounds kind of hippie-ish counts on a little well they were on to something they really were and then i i also like audiobook and do some other things at nighttime and youtube or whatever and i in my bedroom i got like a kid's projector that like shoots like laser kind of things but between that and the sense and the, it literally changed the whole environment and it, it my house, like, uh, when people come over to my house, they definitely notice, most of them say, that the vibe feels a certain way, and it's comfortable. And I can carry that outside of the home, but if I don't have it at the home... You I'm, can't bring it anywhere. I can't bring it anywhere, and I'm going out and I'm carrying whatever energy is going day, on and around the house, and it's just... Exactly. This, yeah, clutter of the mind definitely creates the clutter in the life. So, it's a weird place to start. Like, how do you take care of myself? Clean your environment, make it, you know, get the clutter out, make it pleasing to yourself, whether it's visual sense things like that that make you just comfortable. a lot of that also connects to like inner child work and just being kind to yourself exactly like if you respect where you live even if you know you're in halfway you're in back at mom's house that wherever like the little bit of space that you have like that's your i can't think of the word your abode no your temple oh your house your halfway Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, like that's like your safe space. Yeah, your sacred spot. Yeah. Yeah. And like, why are you going to let it be a wreck? Right. Because that just reflects on where you are. Like, in past times, like, I know once, like, the little stuff starts slipping, like, making my bed, folding my clothes right after they come out of the dryer and putting them away, just like the little organizational, like, things that's, okay, borderline a little ridiculous. But, like, once I notice that those things start slipping, like, I'm usually a mess in my head. Right. And then there's a sense of accomplishment that comes through them, those little menial tasks that just adds to your scheme over and over again in little ways. I mean, in essence, what we're talking about is rhythmic patterns of discipline. So these, the, I get into a certain rhythm. Something's no different than going to the gym. It's uncomfortable. I don't want to go, all this other stuff. And but then, then you feel so much better after you do it. After I get that first week, too, everybody's a little different there. Then I get into the routine. I get to enjoy it, and I get the fruits of that benefit, whether it's stronger or looking fitter or whatever the case may be. Even if it's just, you know, a healthy way to get out frustration, whatever. But it comes down to, like, we can't 
try and get the whole kit and caboodle at first. Right. Just like, you know, we didn't get where we were in addiction overnight. Right. It comes with time. You have to start out small. So one area that we can do in practice self-care is just obviously, you know, taking care of our environment. Yes. Right? What are some other areas? There are so many. Here's the thing. Literally, there's no wrong answer here. No. Right. There's a, a myriad or thousands of different practices, and you get to choose and tailor what works best for you. And it's a it's an enjoyable process with the right mindset to do, like, this whole kind of experimenting project with what do I like, what do I enjoy, what increases my mindset, my, my vibration, whatever you want to call it, and then just literally play that out. I try this for a week. I ask other people who kind of resonate the way I would like to resonate. What do they do? And then I mix and match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Because you have to find what works for you. So let's talk about that whole loving yourself concept, mm-hmm. right? So I found that to be, when I was a little bit more realistic about it, I just, I didn't, I didn't love myself. I mean, I can say that I love myself, but when I looked at certain things, whether it was the relationships that I had, or whether it was the way that I treated myself, you know, my self-talk, or, or all of these different things, that they just, there wasn't a lot of evidence to back up those comments of, oh, I love myself, which is not degrading either, but it's to have that intense realism of where I am gives me the ability to locate myself to then move towards where, where I want to be. Exactly, because it's, it's not like a one-and-done thing. Right. It's an ongoing process. Is there days, you know, where I like myself a little bit more? Absolutely. Is there still days where I'm like, ugh, and I still beat myself up over ridiculous things? Absolutely. Right. But that's because it's a process. So you, you talked about... There's days where I like myself more. And that's that's something that really I didn't get till last year when I met somebody who talked to me about how unrealistic self-love was from where I was standing and explained to me that the process of growing to self-love comes through liking oneself first. That if I do certain practices on a regular basis, I could jump from, from whatever self-contempt or self-judgment to I actually like some things about myself or I like these areas yeah I like these qualities these are the these are the things that I like and once you identify the things that you like you can also identify the things that you don't like and figure out how to fix it right back to the whole process of elimination and growing through trial and error yeah because I can't say I'm an honest person if I constantly lie all the time like oh I like that I'm honest sometimes right like it yeah that that is counterintuitive yeah. So here's what I was taught in that moment. I think this it's made a huge change for me was that the, the how do so my question next was, okay, well well then how does a person grow to like themselves? And what I was taught by her was the practice of kindness. Being kind to myself. And so then that, that can be such a theoretical answer that what how do I translate that? Because for me if it's not if it doesn't have if it's not practical, it's not that spiritual. If it can't be applied simply, it's probably too off the base for me and I'll lose myself in that. So when she talked about the practice of kindness, she drew a box and then she drew like a cross in the box, which made four other boxes. So if you can Mm -hmm. picture that, if you're listening, right? And in those, she put one of the boxes was body, one was mind, one was emotions, and one was spirit. It made it much easier for me. So then the the practices of kindness, we get to pick and are applied to each box and that's a collective lifestyle of daily disciplines. But here's kind of what that looks like. Like, it's simple. Like, she talked to me about body and mind, masculine and nature, right? That a whole complete person has both a masculine and a feminine side. Very much like 
that whole Carl Jung anime animus and in every yeah. person there's a bit of duality and completeness is a little bit of both we look at a lot of the masters like Jesus was kind of effeminate Buddha was kind of effeminate a lot of whole people have a mix of both Right, a lot of the powerful women leaders have these masculine traits of being logically minded in certain things, being aggressive when it's necessary. And so when I looked at that, and she took the body and mind, the masculine sides, and said, okay, well, what does that look like? Well, body's like math almost, or science. Like, how kind am I am to my body deals with how well I put, you know, what do I put in my body, right? And, and what do I do with my body, mm-hmm. right? So that, that's really simple. Like, the answers are all of these things that we already know, right? But we actually have to apply it. Right. And that's that the working out of the problem is the process of self-care. Like I've always talked about recently, anybody can get the right answer. That's easy, right? Like all of these different texts from spiritual masters have the right answer. Love yourself, love others, be forgiving. So, but that's like taking an algebraic equation, putting it into a scientific calculator and going, that's the answer. But how did you get there? Right. How do you live that out? So the working out of the problem seems to me equally important to me as the actually having the right answer. The, the student that goes up to the chalkboard and does the X minus this times this and all that and works out that whole thing logistically that then comes to the same answer as a scientific calculator is not the same as the student who just puts it into the calculator. <clears throat> Working through to the answer is actually the answer itself and how do we go through a process. Yeah, because a solution isn't just, it's not a, a static thing. Right. So in like the, it's a the, culmination of all these things that result in that solution. Right, and and like just to take a simple one, which would be like, how do I treat my body? Well, well, we all know, eat healthy, right? But for me, like I had to do different things. Like there's a lot of different ways to do that. Some people do, whether it's paleo or Atkins or whatever diet they do, right? But but finding somebody who has that, getting a mentor involved, getting finding a direction. It could be. YouTube, it could be Google, it could be whatever, or it could be a personal trainer or gym. <clears throat> but then there's the actual playing out of the process, which looks like I go to my house and you know the theory is I would throw out all my unhealthy food. Me, I just have cheat days till I start, right? I eat everything in the house that's not unhealthy. Yeah, everything, but, all but, of it. But if I'm gonna make this change into this healthier lifestyle, I, I literally, for me personally, had to remove the stuff from my house that I knew was too tempting. That at night when I'm not, I'm just bored and I'll eat out of boredom for comfort or sake. If it's not there, I'm probably not going to Publix or whatever's open at 11 o'clock at night to go, to go get, get it. it. Right, so that, that's part of that whole preparation of that stuff, right? And then the, the whole, like, where I am, I remember, like, last year I was over 300 pounds, like 18 months, whatever time amount that was. Like, I used to do 100 push-ups a day just as a, like, a warm-up thing and then go out the door as, like, a little thing regularly. I couldn't do that last year. Like, I literally could do, like, five or seven. I was like, oh, my God. But I had to start there. You have to start somewhere. Right. And I think that that's the thing, like, is that we get so discouraged so easily because as soon as we're not good at something, we want to give it up. You just brought up the other big, huge point because these four boxes work together in culmination with each other. So while I'm being good to my body through kindness, right, the other thing is it's not good to me emotionally. This is where the the treat yourself thing might kind of collapse on itself to a certain way. Like, here's the thing. I would rather, and this is what I, I also kind of had some experience of playing with, I would rather eat an unhealthy meal without self-judgment because with the self-judgment, what happens is I, I have two healthy days of eating. I went and bought all the, the broccoli and cooked the chicken. chicken and put it in my thing and got the little pig. And then I had a piece of pizza and a cake. And I'm like, I'll screw everything. And next thing you know, I'm at Wendy's or whatever it is I'm doing. And I just, that is not emotionally kind to myself. The idea that I'm going to fall short, I'm going to be where I am. And, and that, because I think the emotional toxicity is literally just as bad as the physical toxicity of not eating healthy. Absolutely. You're... Mental health is a huge part of 
life. Yeah, and, and, and that whole thing of feeling that I failed because I didn't do exactly what I said I was going to do oftentimes just becomes a platform for straight backsliding and dropping whatever we're doing. Right, so those are the kind of things where like I can practice emotional kindness to myself. I also there's that fine balance or that paradox of kind of like what what when the program talks about you know progress not perfection. I definitely know that I'm going to fall short in certain ways and all that stuff, and then I also have this other side that I'm going to try my best on the highest ideals, knowing that I'll fall short. And the paradox is not using the fact that I know I'm going to fall short as a basis for doing whatever I want. Yeah, because you have to put in the effort to fall short. Right, yeah. If you just say, oh, well, you know, I had, like, okay, for example, I had a bacon, egg, and cheese this morning. They're Am delicious. I, they're so good. <laughs> <laughs> Am I going to beat myself up about it all day? Right. No, I just, okay, I had a crappy breakfast, so now I have to eat a little bit better for the rest of the day. Is that why you had a bag of carrots on your desk? Yes. And also, my salad was not good in the fridge anymore. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty healthy. So, um, yeah, that, that, that kind of fine balance in between that thing of just being kind to myself over and over again. When I fall short, but also not using that fall short as a means to just, it doesn't make a difference. Yeah, exactly. Here's what a lot of those people lie on. I know I used to do too. Make the mistake, not go for change, not be kind to myself in that, just kind of judge myself internally. And then the answer when somebody else calls me on this, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. It's this platform for I'm not going to change and I'm okay with not changing. It's kind of the yeah. unconscious message that we're talking I'm just about. going to be stagnant and be miserable. Right. And that, that wouldn't be emotionally kind to myself. And it's not a strong mental thought. And so, so looking at some of the other boxes, like what would be kindness to my mind? Like if we have this self-talk and self-dialogue that most people have that starts off as like negative. Right, like a lot of other people who are not addicts or alcoholics, when, when their self-talk Still stuff, have it. Oh, they definitely have it. They're just, you know, they don't stub their toe and like, oh, I think a bundle will work for that. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a different kind of a thing that they got going on in there in that regard, right? But but everybody has the, oh my God, the, the lover's going to leave, or, or what if I lose my job? Like, that stuff happens. I, you know, I heard this great, great thing, um, actually it was from a, a landmark seminar, and they were talking about a psychologist, or I think it was a famous psychologist, who at 15 years old was suicidal. Mm -hmm. And he went down to the basement, I think with one of his parents' guns, and he put the gun to his head, and obviously didn't kill himself because he told the story later. And he said that I had two immediate thoughts when I went to kill myself. The first thought was, in my mind, there's both a genius and an idiot. Right? And this, he said that I immediately had a second thought. The idiot is about to kill us both. And that whole thing, I look at that, and I look at the proportion, and like, if I, if I gauge myself, and there's never an accurate way to self-assess, but the reality is I know that my genius and idiot, if you want to call them that, which would, could be a lower self and a higher self. It could be that that per, picture of the angel. Doing the devil on your shoulders. shoulders. Right? But like whatever way that analogy works for you, we all have that duality. So the question is, like I think I'm getting myself to it. It's definitely a more dominant, the genius side of us that, that works in my life. But there's definitely the idiot boy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's it. like, throw everything away. You're fine. Just ruin your life. It'll be okay. Yeah. What? Yeah, like when my house gets messy, the idiot's like, just move. <laughs> just just take your shit and get out. Just, 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 just what you need. for yeah. Just burn everything. He has brilliant Burn ideas. your house down. It'll right, be exactly. fine. You don't have to clean if there's no house. Exactly. Forget this. Just move, right? So those are the kind of answers he comes up with. So let's say I'm living it right now. It's 20% or 15% of that voice. Here's the biggest thing. Do the other practices of kindness and the spiritual ones we haven't talked about, whether it's meditation or prayer, I can I not only identify it, but I also know that 99% or maybe 98% of the time, it's for entertainment purposes only. 
that's huge. When that idiot talks and you can laugh at that and go, that's ridiculous. When I look at a scenario, I'm like, oh, this is great. And then that guy's like, sprinkle some crack on it, it'll be better. Yeah. yeah I'm like, that's hysterical. I just kind of like living indoors. So I'm not going to go with that idea. Mm-hmm. Right? The only times that when we are emotionally blindsided or affected, right, whether it's, whether it's about like a relationship and, and our, our childhood stuff comes up, that's when the idiot seems to be real. And in those moments... And that idiot is we, loud. Right. And we... Speaks first, loudest is always wrong, and we believe. And it always has a counter argument. Oh, it's brilliant! It's brilliant. (laughs) I mean, when you really dissect it, it's not. But but at the time, here's the thing: I don't I don't experience a difference between me and that voice. They're literally the same thing. So back to like these four different boxes and kindness. If that self talk is so common in all of us, right? Mental practice of kindness would be to put in something different consistently. Over mm-hmm. and over and over again. I, you know, this whole process of people, like I've, I've maybe memorized some literature and recovery and, and people ask me about like, oh, well, how'd you do all that? It was repetition, really, over and over again. I read it to people and so many people were like, well, I, I kind of want to know the book the way you do and they come to me and it's not even, me teaching it is not what helps them. It was me actually teaching it to other people that taught it to me so well and there's a process by way of which that stuff can go from an, an intellectual idea to something that you are. And that is, you know, repetition leads to memorization, which leads to internalization, which then leads to utilization. That's that process of we know and then we, we don't know, we don't know, and then eventually we get to we just know that we know and go. Mm-hmm. And, and that is just, I mean, when you look at a mind that, that constantly attacks itself and constantly, you know, judges and shames ourselves and others and causes division, how would you detrain that in a week of affirmations? doesn't happen it doesn't but it's happen. a start that's exactly the idea and that's again like the emotional kindness would tie into there i don't judge how much i've done i stay moving forward if my mind is a cup of, of mud so to speak and i'm looking for a cup of clean water over time if i just keep putting water into it eventually there's going to be an overflow and mm-hmm. as there as some of the money or water comes out the dilution changes and eventually we go from like a predominantly selfish person to a predominantly selfless person Right in the falling shorts, we'd be kind to ourselves, but we keep doing the selfless stuff, and over and over again. Whether that's honesty and dishonesty, whether that's forgiving and resentful, that process of change and transformation seems to be continuous over and over reinvestment in ourselves and kindness. And then from there, of course, I'm going to have a different sight of the world, a different experience of the world, and then the world's probably going to respond to me differently. Which is the kind of it's the rewards that most of us are looking for. When I get to that point, I, I, I mean, I'm actually eating the fruit of my labor, so to speak. And then that would become not something that I have to do, but something that I get to do. And mm-hmm. I think if most of us can work to that point of, of, of penetration of our minds, to actual manifestation of it, something newly and different, then, then, then it really becomes a practice that we get to enjoy to do. And now I can really begin to like myself and get the rewards from it and pay that forward to other people. And then I have a platform towards which I can actually grow and make some loving decisions for myself. And then the same process applies from life to love as well. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, what else you got? How do you care for your spirit? Ooh, spirit, soul. Are they the same thing? Hmm. I don't know if we want to start that. That's a whole No, we don't. Right, <laughs> what is the soul? Um, I mean, well, there's all of these different practices. When we start, we now we can go into what we said we were going to go into, which is the standard stuff, right? They say like prayer is oxygen, right? For your mm-hmm. for your for your recovery, right? Or any kind of a lifestyle, right? So here's the thing about prayer. Like when I pray, you know, I I, I would pray. In, I mean, 
I think a lot of people use prayers the same way I initially used prayer. I used prayer as birth control in college. It's not a very smart idea. No. Yeah, I think any drug addict that's out of drugs immediately enacts prayer. Oh, absolutely. I pray Please, that this Please, I, oh my God, I, I hope he picks up the phone. This, oh my God, I hope she lets me borrow that money. <laughs> all that's all a form of prayer. It's a petition to something greater than ourselves, mm-hmm. right? Please don't let this be soaked. That was my last 20, right? Those are the great times in Philly that I experienced, right? So it's not even like that's a new idea, right? The petitioning, what I, what I was had to be taught was if I pray, I need to obey. Like to take it to newcomer terms. If I pray for God to remove the obsession in the morning and help me get through the day clean and sober, it is inconsistent in my prayer for me to go to 7-Eleven and check out how many Four Locos they have in the cooler and just meditate on those. Yeah. Right. Or like, let me go stand in the trap house. Please, God, keep me sober today. Call my drug dealer to get an update on the news and current events and politics and see what he thinks. Yeah, how's it going in the hood? Yeah, it doesn't matter it doesn't what I'm doing. It doesn't work like that. Morning, <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing with the, the, the person trying to get employed. God, God, give me a job. But and I want to like, sit down and play Xbox all day. Yeah, God's response is probably fill out some applications. Mm-hmm. Dress appropriately, do all that stuff. And have a firm handshake. All right, so if I have to pray, then I should definitely be obedient to the prayer. Pray and then obey. And and those were the, the consistent actions were a faith-based life. When they say things like faith without works is dead... It makes a total sense when you line up all of those different things. The other thing I had to learn, because I, I had some wrestling with the word God and, and, and issues with that, I was agnostically inclined, was that, you know, I didn't get until I heard my first sponsor say, prayer doesn't change the nature of God or spirit or universe. Prayer alters the consciousness of the prayer, right? So like from a spiritual practice of kindness, regardless of what I believe, for me to to whether I start on my knees or sitting in a chair or whatever it is to acknowledge my own powerlessness and the need for assistance for help to get through today clean and sober because although many days without spiritual practice a newcomer can get through on just life going to a meeting and having a job and having a relationship and all that stuff but there's always that day without a spiritual program of action behind it where the defense that you will fall there. short yeah where the defense so is short. not there it's not there and if I don't ask for that defense how do I know that that day is not today you don't. Right, so this the, the, the practice, I mean, so it looks like prayer is one very obvious answer to how am I kind to myself spiritually, right? Meditation is this whole practice. We wrote a blog on it for beginners, right, to just break it down into different styles and different things you can do to talk. But, but that pause, because especially when somebody's new, it is not kind to myself to go with my urges. I, I, I like that, like Gorski's relapse prevention, one of the, the more popular clinical styles of it, talks mm-hmm. about beliefs, thoughts, feelings, urges, and actions. We have a belief system. Our thoughts are always filtered through that, whether we get that or not, Mm -hmm. right? And then we have certain feelings that come up based upon what we're thinking. We then get an urge, and here's the thing. Then it goes from urge, action, and result. When we're new, the urge is always the action. Mm-hmm. I got to urge there to is, say some smart shit. I and it just, say it. Right. there's no filter. There's a zero pause in between there. And I, and I think where the clinical meets the spiritual is right is the practices that give us the ability to go against the urge. And meditation is a practice. The, the watching my own thoughts, the realizing that that's like a bird that lands in a nest, that I, I can just leave the nest open, let the bird fly away, and I don't have to become that bird, so to speak, gives me the pause where when an urge comes, if I'm spiritually kind to myself through the practice of meditation, even if it's two minutes at a time, over time I get a pause where I can, if it's the bird, or let's use the idiot analogy, the idiot starts talking, I can realize I'm not necessarily that. Like, have you ever thought about what your thoughts are? Sometimes we scare ourselves with that stuff. Absolutely. Or, like, I'll just, just these random intrusive thoughts that come out of nowhere, but that before I would have acted on. Right. Like, I walk into a gas station, I'm like, I could 
I could go get a beer right now. And then I'm immediately like, why? Right. Like, it just that split second, whereas before there would have been, I would have have been drunk, I'd have been high, whatever, it didn't matter. But now it's like, okay, like, that's absolutely ridiculous. Go buy your pack of cigarettes and go. Right, right. So, So when you catch yourself thinking about your thoughts, my question to you is this. Who's doing that thinking? Nobody can see you make those funny hand gestures. Is it Halloween? What are you doing? <laughs> the great spirit. Wait, whatever we call it, right? A lot of yeah, that, That's what this was. Yeah, I couldn't... Was the, the, the spirit the, fingers thing? Yeah, the spirit did? fingers. It's, right, right. It's the spirit. Whatever... I mean, you get to name it, right? But the reality is a lot of other traditions, like a Toltec or, or whatever, would call that the witness, right? Or, or, or the great spirit. Whatever you call that, right? Those are, those are the kind of things. When I can get in touch with that, then I don't become the thought, right? So from that... That's another way of practicing spiritual kindness. As I invest in it, I won't see the result immediately, just like that whole muddy cup. But over time, what's going to happen is there will become some space between my thoughts and my urges and my feelings where I actually can now have in the moment of now, where the power really is, the power to decide which voice to invest in. But the difference between the act and react. Right. And if I don't do the things like the meditation, like the further understanding of myself through some clinical stuff, some spiritual stuff, a mix of whatever I find to be most appropriate for my curriculum at the time, I I just, the urge is the action and then the result is usually the same. It's why we have unhealthy relationships over and over again. It's why we have the same argument with a parent or with a friend over and over and over again. I haven't given myself the space to choose differently. Spiritual practices create space. And it's called liminal space, which is where real transformation happens. So, yeah, that's a good talk. What what else? I mean, body, mind, emotions, spirit. Find out for you, those of you who are listening, what are the ways that you can be kinder to yourself in those different things? I literally took my life a year ago and put it on a board, a whiteboard. I'm big on, on visual learning. Yes. And I wrote, like, <laughs> columns of my life. And one column was career, and one column was recovery stuff, and one column was friendships. These are literally the columns. And one column was body. And as I looked at those, I found myself like, these are friends who, well, very much like I did. They use sarcasm and not, not self-deprecating stuff. Like, you would just the joke. It's a little toxic. I don't like it. Right, so then I kind of changed the friends list, and then I, I looked at body, and I was like, well, drink a gallon of water a day, and then that that what you're talking about, like meet yourself where you are type stuff. The gallon of water a day stayed on my board for two months, and I did not have a gallon of water ever, and I wasn't drinking almost any water. And then I had a friend look at my board and say, well, when was the last time you drank a gallon of water? I was like, I don't know, 2014, <laughs> right? And it was 2016 or 17, 17. And uh, and what she said was, why don't you make out three glasses of water? And I was like, I can do that. And the next day I drank three glasses of water. She said, make it a minimum three glasses of water. Because you know you can do three. Yeah, so make that your minimum. Right. It's about little steps. Right. It's not a whole, you know, oh my gosh, now everything's better. Like, it takes time. It takes practice. Yeah, Yeah, that's been about almost a year ago. And I think it was nine or ten months ago. And I've rarely missed three days. I actually drink six a day now. Minimum six. And it's pretty simple for me. But I, I literally looked at the gallon. For two months and was like, oh, like I'm I can't do that. Judge myself. Was emotionally unkind of myself. <laughs> was physically unkind. It was just a cluster mess. And then eventually, was like that. that just too much simple, water. Yeah, that little simple. <laughs> can you do three glasses of water? I was like, I absolutely can. Well, then make it minimum and do that and move from there. And that's kindness that can be applied whether it's to emotional practice or mm-hmm. to my body or to my mind or my spirit. And we just start where we are and 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 we'll work towards self love by liking ourselves through the practice of being kind to myself mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Sweet. 
Sweet. So, I can't wait for your next blog on this. I'm definitely gonna write that out. We'll, we'll even put a little. Can we make a little box for them? Yeah, we Perfect. can put in a little graphic. Thanks everybody for joining, and next week we'll come back with something new. Thank you.